Orcas and salmon are friends that need help. Our ocean pals are facing some trouble. Less trouble, more bubbles. There's so much we can do. Do you know what I'm thinking? Let's start preaching extinction. Hello, and welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. For those of you that are new here, the Breaching Extinction podcast explores the plight of the endangered southern resident killer whales through interviews with the people trying to save them. There are currently less than 80 southern resident killer whales left, and they are currently threatened by lack of prey, vessel noise, and water toxins. All these factors impact one another and play a significant role in their population decline. They have historically spent much of their time in the Salish Sea. However, they've been seen less and less likely forced out of their home by lack of prey as well as busy and toxic waters. I'm your host, Erica Worth, and I decided to start this podcast in 2019 after spending a summer working in the Salish Sea and learning about these animals. Each week, I dive into a new conversation with guests from varying perspectives. I approach these topics through an interdisciplinary lens in hopes of uncovering the intricacies of this complex issue. Through this, I hope to share insight as well as fit the puzzle pieces together needed to save this species. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. If you have any questions or are interested in being featured on the podcast or sponsoring us, please reach out over Instagram at Breaching Extinction or send an email to info at breachingextinction.com. Thanks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. This week, I have Gloria Pancrazi with me, who's been on here many times, probably my favorite guest. Um, And we're here to talk about the role of activism and burnout and self-care when working with and around an endangered species. How are you doing today, Gloria? Hi, I'm doing good. <laughs> On that note, I always, On that never, note. you know, it's like, there's so many layered between just being like, I'm doing good and like everything else, but, um, but I'm, I'm doing good. I'm feeling excited to be on the podcast. I always love speaking with you and I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, me too. I'm always, it's always a good conversation. Like I feel like whenever I have you on a podcast, I always leave like feeling grounded and revitalized and like, it's just good. So I'm always happy to have you here, but yeah, we're um, just going to kind of dive in and talk about what it really is like to, you know, dedicate a portion of your life or your time to trying to help an endangered species. And like, it definitely is rewarding work. And I think the term that you and I have kind of agreed on is that like, it both like fuels us and drains us at the same time. And self-care is super important. And luckily we're in a day and age where like, it's a lot more socially acceptable to talk about that than it maybe once was. Um, And it's something that is so important because if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of other things like our whales and our planet. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not even going to lie, like bugged a little bit while you were talking. So I 
didn't hear part of your sentence. Um, the Wi-Fi like stopped for some reason. Always. So I don't know. Yeah. So basically, I just was saying that <laughs> burnout is a thing. We have to take care of ourselves, and that we're just kind of like kind of dive into what does that look like. How does that make you feel? I guess mm-hmm. I could start out with you know what have been your experiences with burnout yeah I um my experience with burnout started after the march I had never experienced it before and I had heard about it and I joked about it before the march being like I'm gonna be burnt out after this not really understanding what it meant and what it's like and then I think it was a mix of also you know living in a pandemic at the very beginning of it and all that we were feeling at that time but um, it was very much just like feeling very small and feeling like I couldn't create change and also like a simple task like sending an email felt too hard to do. Um, and at the same time, you know, we were in production for co-extinction and I think, I don't think lucky is the right word, but because we were in the beginning of the pandemic and everyone was kind of like putting everything on hold, mm. it was okay that I was able to put things, that I was putting things on hold at the time. And then I just like slowly healed and I'm still healing from it. And I think now I'm just very sensitive to like, and I healed from just being in nature. I was staying by a lake at that time and that grounding force of being by a lake that is still and there every single day, it was just absolutely so important to to me being able to feel grounded and and safe and slowly feel big again. Um, And Orca Lab was definitely where like, I feel like that was like the biggest movement of of feeling better again, just seeing so much hope and so much love. And it was kind of like, oh, this is how you can protect. I think I felt really lost in like how I could actually make a difference. And to be a small piece of a puzzle, you know, like Orca Lab, it's just like everyone is there to help. There's, and that was just, and then seeing a healthier place you know, the Northern residents are doing better than the Southern residents and there's less tankers and all of that. And that was just everything. But I can tell now still, like for example, now we're getting ready for festivals with co-extinction and finding a distributor and that really big, exciting launch. And I'm just very self-aware that if I push too hard, I can, I'll get burnt out a lot easier than maybe before where I had a, maybe a higher threshold to stress and the amount of work I could I could put to things yeah absolutely I think it's definitely something we have to be mindful of and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head at least for me when I experienced burnout too is it a lot of times stems from what can I actually do that's helpful because it does feel like a lot of doom and gloom and in a time Mm -hmm. where we're literally in a global pandemic and the planet is just not in good shape fires everywhere like Pacific Northwest completely overheating, like, you know, people literally dying because that they don't know how to handle the heat there is tough. And I've definitely experienced a lot of the same things of like, I mean, a lot of my burnout stems from, from trying to do too much all the time and constantly feeling like I need to be doing something. And part of that stems from our culture and just like what we're taught to value. But another part of that stems from the urgency of knowing the state of our planet and the state of the Southern residents and feeling like I have to do everything right now because we don't have time. Yeah. And like, Mm. um, I actually, 
I just went on a trip with some friends of mine and we did some snorkeling. Um, we were down in the Gulf of California and as I was snorkeling, like for like two days in a row, the, all I could think (laughs) as I'm like swimming in this beautiful environment, like warm water, beautiful fish, like lots of wildlife. I'm like, this planet is, Mm. is not okay. And what can I do? And like the whole time, like, it's just like the loop that was going through my head, like verbatim was this planet is fucked. This planet is fucked. Like, what are we going to do? And it's like, it was very hard to pull myself kind of out of that. And I definitely, I think a lot of like the culture that I'm in, just in the industry that I'm in, sometimes it feels as though people don't care as much as they should, or like even those people who do care about animals are not making the right choices. And like, it can feel hopeless. And I, one of the things that really kind of helped me to get past that, because I was like, honestly, kind of on the verge of a panic attack at that point of like, what is like, just like this sense of urgency for the planet of like, oh shit, you know? Um, as I like talked to my two friends that I was with and I was like, I don't know about you guys. And like, I, like, I'm really enjoying being here. And like, you know, obviously like I love the wildlife and it's, it's good to have a moment to recharge, but like, I also can't help myself from thinking like things are not okay. And like, it it was very good to, to open up about that because I learned that my feelings were not like, I wasn't isolated in feeling that way that like other people feel that way too. And then you know, my friends were able to kind of remind me, like, pick the one thing that you care about, because realistically, no one person can, can help everything, um, and save all the problems. And I think that's the other thing too, is like, a lot of my burnout stems from wanting to help the planet, not seeing things go in the direction that I think that they should go in and then feeling hopeless because ultimately it's like, we do have the answers, but we don't like, we do have the answers on what do those Southern residents need in order to survive. But at the same time, we, it's like, it's not being done because of bigger problems. And how do we solve those bigger Mm. problems? Like the root issue, you know? I see what you mean. And I definitely feel that more like on the, how to cope with that feeling of despair and how to, you know, answers to burnout. I think community is definitely one of them. I've had more and more conversations around burnout or the feeling of, uh, you know, taking time for myself, like feeling bad when you take time for yourself rather than like protecting um, the earth or fighting for justice. And um, and it always comes back to like taking care of yourself is taking care of the earth. You know, like um, I recently spoke with a dear friend of mine and she told me this quote. I I don't remember the quote. I'm not even going to try and say it. It's uh, from, it's in the For the Wild podcast. I haven't listened to the episode yet, but it was um, the person in the podcast was saying that like the best way to like pour love into like mother earth is to pour love into yourself pretty much. 100 I remember correctly. Um, and yeah, and it's hard to, it's like a constant learning, remembering that, you know, like I'll be working, I'll be like, okay, I'll go take an hour break. And I'm like, I'm like feeling bad about doing that, but it's not sustainable to just, you know, work endlessly in front of the computer trying to, and it, and something else like a teacher of mine said was, you know, if you can only give, if your cup is overflowing. And I think that's the thing that a lot of, a lot of folks fighting for coexistence and for life and for justice 
I feel like we have a dwindling cup and it's hard to, to have it overflowing. But then through community, through, you know, seeing that we're not the only one feeling that. Every time I share this with someone, on the other end of that conversation is someone who's feeling the exact same way as me. And yeah. that, and I think definitely, I, it might sound cheesy and at the same time, I don't like that I'm saying that because I don't think it is, but I think love, like focusing on, on that energy, like just like loving yourself, loving others and doing things that bring love to your life. Like, you know, snorkeling, though I feel you because I would have a hundred percent felt that too. Um, but you know, I think it's so important that you were able to recharge there. Yeah. And yeah. I'm also noticing from conversations that I think, and I talked about it with my therapist of just like how many more people are experiencing anxiety, like eco-anxiety and, yeah. you know, burnouts and all of that. And I think it's something when I talk about it with my mom, for example, she doesn't feel like she had that in her generation. And it's definitely something of our generation that, that we're seeing. Yeah. I would totally agree with you. And I had some thoughts while you were talking, like you definitely like taking care of yourself. You can't take care of anything else until you take care of yourself. And that's been like a theme, you know, when I had the conversation with Bonnie from the, um, that when she was talking about, you know, how do we take care of ourselves with activism? Um, and uh, like my therapist has also told me like, um, you know, if you, if you're feeling like every single day you need like an hour or half an hour of like meditation or like rest or some kind of thing, yoga, breathing. Um, and on days that you're really busy, you need at least an hour and yes. <laughs> like totally right. And I definitely like, I mean, you know how it goes, things get so busy and I'm like in my busy season where it's like, go, go, go. And then like, there's a part of the season where it's just like dead. Um, but I think that, you know, touching on that, that concept of love, and that's been something that I have felt like is important the whole time and have absolutely lost touch of at different points. And I feel like, you know, it's appropriate that you're bringing this up now. This is quite a theme, like even just in this last week for me, like that was another piece of advice that my friend gave is like, I was expressing to her my frustration with like, you know, people in the field, maybe not like spreading the best science or uh, things like that. And I was like, you know, kind of being shitty. And I was like, didn't even have like a real degree. And like, she was like, okay, how about rather than like bashing on someone's educational level, like you go and like, be like, Hey, everyone else thinks this and you think something else. And I would like to hear more about what you think. And like, she's totally right. And I think when we don't take time for ourselves and we're just like constantly going, 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 it's easy to lose touch with like the things that are important. And like, I very much do value kindness and love. And like, mm -hmm. I even realized too, like I recently had, I had several interactions with an individual who I felt was being very entitled towards what they were expecting from whales and like what they're expecting from wildlife. And I kind of wrote that person off a little bit of like, not thinking that they were like respecting the animals in the best way. And like me not wanting to like necessarily give the proper time for a good conversation. And then like, I went, I had my trip, my little refresh came back and was able to like engage with that person again and have some conversations and see that their attitude had actually changed and that they had kind of learned something about what we can expect from wildlife. And mm. um, I think it's, you know, like for that, that experience was like a, a reminder of like, don't necessarily jump the gun because I think 
a lot of times with this like fatigue that we get around environmental anxiety, it's easy to be like, well, I just am already going to assume that you do not give a shit, that you're not going to give a shit and that you just want to exploit the planet. And like, and there is also a lot of, I think that's something else that's like linked to it. And I think it just makes me think how like everything is connected, you know, but the polarization that's happening in our world. And I think that's a big thing too. Right. And it's contributing, I would say to like, not just like, not us being like, not being able to take action, you know, in the big ways that we need to. And also in like the despair feeling like other people's don't care. And, and that's, I know it's, I, I don't know. That's something I've been thinking about on that, on that love note of just like expanding love and like trying to look at, I don't know. I see so many issues with it as well, but basically to, to have open conversations with people who don't see eye to eye with you, you know, like for example, like sitting with someone who is pro pipeline and having an open conversation and open hearts and open minds without getting angry, which I struggle to, if I like, you know, I know I get really fiery and I'll be like, but all of this and anyways, I don't know, but I, I feel like that's a lot of what you were talking about. Just like trying yeah. to not lean into the polarization and rather, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, I, de- I, I've been disappointed in myself because that I feel as though like I used to be somebody that was a lot more fair and like aware of that. And because that I've been like, go, go, go get a million things done. Like I'm realizing how important that time for like reflection. And like, I used to wake up every morning and like journal and drink some coffee and like have an hour of just like, let's wake up, set our intentions for the day. Like, what are we going to do? What are we grateful for? And then I like stopped doing that because the season picked up and it got so busy. And then I'm noticing, I'm like, I do not have patience at all. Like, you know, and it's, I'm definitely a bit more like not open to having those conversations the way that I used to be, because I feel so jaded by a lot of the things that I've seen. And like, it's like, and also I think it's just like the, the world that we live in today is, is all about like cancel culture. And like, I don't like that either. And I, you know, I genuinely do feel that like, we should, like you said, all be having these open conversations. And it's like, if you don't agree with someone, that's even more of a reason to have a conversation, but I've definitely fallen into and leaned into that polarization. Like, and it's not something that I'm proud of, but it's like a realistic Mm -hmm. thing. And I think that's another thing. It's like important to like stop and address and be like, okay, whoa, 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 what are we, what what are we doing here? Um, But I think that also contributes to the burnout and the fatigue is when when everybody goes into something feeling on edge and it's like, I'm obviously guilty of it as well. And like not willing to listen to the other perspective. And like, you know, we're just like, I feel so strongly that like these pipelines shouldn't go in or that we, you know, should be treating the whales in this way. And it's like more than likely we have more in common with that person than we don't. At the yeah. End of yeah. I see what you mean. I feel that. And I definitely like in retrospect, looking back at the March and I, and, you know, again, I think it was just everything, but I, I've, I could feel my like stress had never been that high, you know, like I, and I was like lack of sleep, no, none of the self-care things I usually do. And yeah. beforehand, I remember I, I do tea meditations um, that are, you know, at least a, a good hour every, I, I try and do them every day. Um, and 
and they're beautiful. Like for me, that, that, that's the, one of the biggest ways along with like spending time in nature and being by or in the ocean um, and breath work. Like those, those three things are the things that like connect me back to myself, bring me back in that place of love. And then I, I'm always able to like give so much more to my work. Yes. Um, and I wish I had done that during the March. I wonder, you know, if I could have given a better part of myself to it, you know, and I mean, I don't want to spend time in the past. It's all good, but it was definitely a big lesson in that way. And I'm like, I'm really trying now, like, for example, it's a very busy time with co-extinction and every morning I'm doing either meditations or breath work or tea um, and trying to keep those times to myself. And every time I do it, I never regret it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I actually journaled for the first time this morning and I don't know how long because while I was um, down in Mexico, we slept on cots outside. And so you wake up when the sun is up and you go to bed when the sun goes mm-hmm. down. And so I've kind of been on that like time clock of waking up early. And I was like, wow, I have like several hours before work. So I'm going to like sit and write in the journal. And it definitely like, it makes a difference whether you're doing a meditation or it's journaling or it's yoga, or like you said, breath work. Like, I think it totally, mm-hmm. and it, even if it's like five or 10 minutes, like, because I feel like the world we live in is, is like constant go, go, go. And like Mm. should be doing everything all the time. And then like Mm. the added pressure of like the planet needs help right now, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. It's certainly tough. I think it's just like, it can be emotionally exhausting to be in this position. And I see why people walk away. And I've heard like, like I actually talked to somebody on the trip who she said that she was struggling a lot with compassion fatigue. And like, she was thinking about actually walking away from the field and the career that she's built for the last like 15 years because wow. of, this, you know, um, because like, you know, she wasn't being treated well as a worker, but also like, you know, being in conservation, it's hard for her to see the planet and the world be the way that it is. And like, I think that's another part of the frustration too, is like sometimes we feel powerless because it seems like these systems are too big and like, you just have to be a part of it. And in a way you do, like, unless you're like a billionaire or something that can just do whatever you want, like most of the time you get stuck doing some job or like continuing to facilitate some system or idea that like, maybe you don't agree with. And it's like, how do you change that at the end of the day? You know, it's definitely what like, it's, it's very, very, very scary. And that's one thing is just like, we are up against such big systems that are ingrained in us and that we don't always, you know, it's kind of like we, you have to be a part of the system. You can't not be a part of it in the society that we have, um, you know, and, but as to feeling very small um, and, you know, I don't know if anyone listening is dealing with burnout and, but I know whenever I'm not, I feel small or I, I, I don't know what I can do is I do look at the whales and, and again, talking about that community aspect, that love aspect to me, like the Southern resident orcas are just like the very like pure essence of that, you know? And it's almost like, yes, alone and action might not go far, but if you work together, then it will go very, very far. And and if at the core of it is compassion and love and like it comes from your heart, you know, I think 
I think that will create change, even if it won't be easy and it'll take time. And um, so, yeah, always looking at them. Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing, like on the, my drive home from work today, I was like, you know, they just like carry on and they just like continue um, despite like all of these challenges and like they still have time for play and like mm. they like I think of Taliqua and like her openly grieving the loss of her child. And like, I think that's another part of it too. That's important is like recognizing that there is darkness and that even if we are coming from a place of love, it is loving to recognize the darkness and to in a way sometimes lean into it and embrace it of like, yeah, realistically what we are going through. And I think that's like another important part is like, I know for me, a lot of times, Um, when this is something I'm definitely getting better at is like not recognizing the negative emotions being like, everything's fine. Everything's good. I'm chilling. What do I have to be concerned about? Like, there's a roof over my head. I have a cool job. Like, but then realistically being like, actually, I'm really fucking sad about the state of the planet and the state of the world. And like, it feels very dim and grim sometimes. Mm. And like, I think allowing those emotions and those feelings to process like you let it run through you and then it doesn't bog you down so much. A hundred percent. I think like, I feel like we're kind of going through like all the steps that are connected to burnout and like, not necessarily how to get through it, but just like the parts associated with it. And I think sitting through the grief of it is just like so important and it sucks. Sit in the grief is heartbreaking, but it is so needed. And like, yeah, I, I, I was telling you about this before we we did the podcast, but with the news of J56, which um, I will just say this, I, I call her hope, even from the day she was born, I've always called her hope um, because she was the first female in three years to be born to survive. So um, yeah, that, that news that her health is declining was hit really hard and that's when I noticed I was on Galliano Islands. I was right on the Salish Sea um, when I found out. And I realized just how much I had blocked off the the, emo- the, the heartbreak of losing the Southern residents. And I, I think I, I allowed myself to like feel it a little bit and then I block it off because it's, it's just too painful mm-hmm. um, to, to watch on one end to watch extinction to mm-hmm. and on the second part to like, have such a deep love and connection with a species to to know them on an individual level you know and to to know that they are they are dying too soon and that not not enough is being done to save them you know that's that's very very heavy and um and yeah it was i I, not maybe in that sense but it was very much like you know like a door opening and being like okay you're gonna let these emotions back in now and and i think part of of taking action is to not you know block or numb those those as painful as it is and I think how to deal with it then is what we were saying community love self-care all of these things joy like being able to also let joy in and not to just feel the pain but to not either like not feel it because I think that's just the most real way of taking action if you're feeling all of these emotions and being very real with where you're at and, and that's also how you can reach other people's hearts, right? And get them to, not by like putting angry posts or, yeah. or all of that, but by just sharing like how you're honestly feeling. Um, and again, with, with a hope, open heart. 
I think you're totally right. I th- I feel like when we come at things immediately with anger, we're, we're definitely coming off on the wrong foot. When we come off with like angerness mm-hmm. and bitterness and like, mm-hmm. you know, it is important to process those emotions. And I'm not saying don't, um, don't feel them, don't have them, but be mindful in what you do with them. And like, I mean, you and I even when we recorded, I think the last time that we recorded, we had to re-record because I was so angry the first time that we recorded. And I knew that that was not going to be received well. And I knew that it was not going to be a good use of, of energy. And like, while it was important to get that out, it's not necessarily important for that to be what's on the forefront of like, yeah, yeah. I see that. You know, it's good to let the anger out. Like it's this uh, beautiful poet, uh, called Yana Robinson, who actually came to March with us. And she has this poem at some point saying that we should have screaming uh, station, kind of like a gas station, and you can get, just go and you just scream <laughs> and let out all your anger. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's dope. <laughs> like, I think it's that is just being connected with yourself and feeling all of the emotions, but being mindful how you go about, like, yeah, whenever you talk about some- with someone else then you have to be mindful of which emotions you're bringing forth. And of course, like that depends, right? If it's like, like you and I will, we'll call each other and yeah, like let the anger out and that's totally okay. Um, And then we'll call each other and sit in the grief of it. And, you know, we'll call each other and talk just about how amazing and how much we love these whales. And those are all important. Important parts of it for sure. And like, that's the thing is like, you got to be, mindful of who you're talking to like if it's the general public if it's a close friend if it's a stranger like and I think you know we definitely have to be aware of our emotions when we're having difficult conversations and like I find myself having more and more difficult conversations with people about there are certain things in whale culture that I just that just do not sit right with me like certain facets of whale culture not all of it um and like bringing up those things are tough because like, I don't know, it's, it's hard to go against the grain sometimes, but you know, like also when having those conversations of like, Hey, I feel like we really need to like value and respect the whales as much as possible. And like, I, you know, say that they're doing something that I don't feel is, is respectful to the whales because science says so or whatever, you know Um, it's important. Like, to be loving in those conversations and not like place blame because a lot of times people don't know that their actions are harmful or like, and it's like, and the only way that we're actually going to get people to listen and be receptive is if we're not like, Hey, you crazy person, stop being the worst, you know? And I'm also thinking, you know, like, I think so much of what we're fighting against was built on hate and, and anger and closed hearts and right like so much of what at, at the core that's what it was built on like our society in in many 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 ways and like and it's almost like as at least like I'd like to think we're trying to build this like new society with coexistence with love with justice right and it's almost like well okay like let's lead by example of what we want our world to be like and to like you said lead with love and, and compassion and yeah it's um, absolutely and I think core of it. loving yourself is step number one because like you know it's like anything else like you can't love someone else until you love yourself and you can't 
again, like you can't love your planet or community the right way until you like love yourself and show yourself the proper care. And it's very easy not to do that, especially when like we've been taught to like neglect our own needs for the sake of hustling or for the sake of capitalism or because that we're stressed out that the planet is in the state that it's in. But, you know, yeah, it's definitely very important to like take some time. Cause I've even noticed too, like with restarting the podcast, like I restarted it before I had like a, like before I had recuperated and there's still a little part of me that feels a little bit burnt out. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely feel better having like completely gotten out of my environment somewhere else and like away from work and everything. And just like away from my phone, no service. Like that was super helpful. Um, but like, we got to take little bits of time, you know, and yeah. do that all the time. And it like, it's easy to feel the pressure of like, let's get going on things because that we feel like we have to, but yeah, if we're not like in the right headspace, we're not going to be able to give it 100%. Hmm. I feel that. Yeah. I a hundred percent feel that. And I, I'm trying to think like how to connect all of these dots into like, yeah burnout and and it's the the place that it has in the work we're doing and i and i'm just thinking about that also i feel like the type of people that do this type of work tend to be more emotional and more affected by this type of stuff or else they wouldn't be doing it and yeah i think it's like that emotional regulation is key and like taking time is key, but I think a big part too, is just like recognizing that sometimes it's like, you know, I don't know. We, I feel like we kind of put working with and around animals and conservation on a pedestal, but it is fucking hard. Like, like there are so many emotional hurdles to get past. And like, you see things that you don't want to see. And like, it's, it's challenging. And so I think like taking a minute to like recognize that rather than just being like, we need to do conservation because it's the best. And like, that's what's going on. I think like just getting honest with ourselves about like, this is not all sunshine and rainbows. It is sometimes like just trekking through the mud and it's really not fun. Both physically and mentally. Yeah. (laughs) As a filmmaker. Absolutely. <laughs> and scientists, I feel like being like on the field doing research is that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, it really makes me think how, you know, again, all of these issues are are connected and it's, it's always mind boggling to me how like anything you can talk about is always connected with other things. But, um, but part of burnout is healing from it. And that makes me think of how you know to heal the planet we have to heal ourselves and and i think that's yeah it's just it's all connected yeah i think that we have to heal ourselves in a sense of like the pain and the grief that we go through but also in the sense of like the ways that we were taught to live and the roles that like Mm -hmm. play and like getting to a place where you can be like yeah i actually was wrong or like i actually did something that was not good and like it is what it is. And like, you know, maybe recognizing that you don't want to want to repeat it, but not getting upset with yourself for having done the thing. Like, just like, be like, okay, I've learned like, and I'm going to work hard to make sure that that's not a thing in the future. But I mean, we have to like, I think we can't emotional, like we can't get 
our planet straight until we emotionally work our stuff out because you know at the root of why we're destroying the planet i think has a lot to do with ego which you and i've talked about quite a lot and mm-hmm. like that is also a part of the healing of getting to the place where you're like like my ego is not more important than the health of, like my personal health and the health of the planet it's funny because it's like this is not about me and it's about me you know what i mean like yes it's not about me in the sense of like yeah like removing ego and changing that to eco you know like the circle and everything's connected and we are one um and then it's all about me in the sense that also like i need to heal myself and i need to you know do the work on my end um so i think that's very interesting definitely it's like still centered around ourselves but differently like in a way where rather than being like, I need to get everything that I want all the time. And like, I should have a nice car and, you know, whatever life that someone has decided that I should have just because they said so, like, now it's more of like, okay, how do we get ourselves right? Because ultimately, like, we're the ones that created this mess. And like, we're the ones that have to fix it. Like, it's not up to the Southern residents to fix it. Like, they're doing their absolute best. And like, they're like, considering everything they've been through I think they're doing a pretty good job like with what they have um and so we have to like get ourselves right so we can get the planet right mm-hmm. I feel that I feel that I bet they must be burnt out <laughs> I can only imagine yeah I mean other things yeah absolutely but I mean I guess like maybe some tips for how to deal with burnout is like, take a minute. And like, if you need to take a break from conservation work temporarily so that you can continue to do it long-term and whether that temporariness is like an hour or a year, just take the time that you need so that you don't have to walk away forever. Yeah. And I'd say just like, yeah, re relearning that you don't need to hustle, relearning the, and it's really hard because it's ingrained capitalism and all of that. But just like, I don't know, at least that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to create a life where I'm, I'm working really well, but I'm also like taking the time for myself and trying to not put it to like only, like I, I do that where I'm like, you know, I'm only going to take an hour and like trying to more just like trust my body. And, yeah. you know, like we're not machines. Like one day I will not be productive. And maybe that's the day where I should go play outside. And then another day, I will be really productive and I'll work like 8 a.m. to like 8 p.m. nonstop, you know? And I think that's also something that like I, I'm working for myself. So it's, it's easier for me to do that. But um, yeah, I did want to share also two workshops a friend of mine uh, sent um, about eco-anxiety and burnout for activists and change makers free online workshop. Yes. I haven't checked them out yet, but she sent them to me yesterday and it's just so fitting. Um, I'll send you the links after, but it's Laura Hartley. So it's a burnout for activists and change makers, like I said, uh, October 7th, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time and October 8th, um, 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. This is also um, a very interesting date that I have just been allowed to share today. Um, But uh, October 7th, we will have a screening of Coextinction at the Vancouver International Film Festival. 
Um, literally they announced it today <laughs> i just saw the oh date and i'm like gosh. oh i don't think i can make this <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> a little surprise um, <laughs> this is so awesome thank you i'm very 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 excited hence all the work also because there's so much to do to make sure that the festivals go well um and also a little update on that for anyone who might be like wait where can i see it um so right now it's we're doing festivals to obviously show it to like you know a niche target of of people who might be going to vif and stuff like that yes. but um and that's where we're going to be looking for distributors so to find the perfect place to put coextinction so it has a really really big impact um so it won't be available online yet um but you will know as soon as it is. But if you are in Vancouver and you want to come see it at the Vancouver International Film Festival, you can grab your tickets. You should do it. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I feel like it's been like, like the last year we've been checking in, like, how's it going? What's new? And you'll be like, I love this thing. I did this thing. And now it's like, it's here. It's time. And I'm so stoked. And are you, can you, can you announce the other film festivals you're at or are those still? Super? I can announce one more. Okay. Um, and that's Jackson Wild. I think we announced it on our co-extinction, but um, on our co-extinction account, but it's Jackson Wild, which is happening just before Vancouver International Film Festival. Um, and that's me mostly virtual. And we're very, very excited. Jackson Wild is one of the most prestigious wildlife film festivals in the world. We're in competition with like, a David Attenborough film oh so God. it's oh kind of God. surreal <laughs> yeah I'm excited I'm it feels yeah it feels really good it's uh it's knowing that you know what you've created is actually good um and it's good it's it's funny to say that because you know like I feel like we're all really Dude, bad at speaking well on ourselves but um no but it's so good like I literally so Gloria sent me like one of the first cuts of it and like chills oh my god and like it is super quality and like it's because that like it's a film that was done literally from the heart again we're getting back to the cheesy shenanigans here but like it is a beautifully well done film and also like you picked a population of animals that are so remarkable and did them justice you know there's a lot of films about the Southern residents and like, I am very hopeful and faithful that this one will maybe push us more into the public eye of like what needs thank to happen. You. That's the goal, a hundred percent. But thank you for all those yes. things, that means a lot. Yes. Um, and so everyone else, we will keep you posted on when it's available online, but if you can make it to either of those film festivals, do it. Um, mm pretty exciting um that that could be a good way a nice like maybe relaxing way to spend the evening <laughs> maybe not with us like maybe this is how we can help the burnout it could or it could not depending on who you are how you handle things um but definitely give it a watch and thank you so much for being here as always I always appreciate our conversations and like appreciate that you and I can just like get down to like uh, like a, like into a heart space and like that we can go there because you know that's not something you do with everybody and I feel like it's important to normalize that you know 100% like you know I picked up on the both of us saying that when I was like oh it's a bit cheesy but from the heart and you're like okay it's a bit cheesy but from the heart 
And like, I kind of caught in my head, called myself out on it being like, no, like you don't think it's cheesy. You're just saying that because you're afraid that other people will think it's cheesy, but you know, it's, it's where you stand and what you want to do. And so just, you know, to be like, yes, it's heart centered. That's where our actions got to come from. Our conversations got to come from. And like, yeah, so definitely lots of learning, unlearning, healing, working on ourselves to do. And um, you know what? I, I know what sentence to leave it on. Uh, just on that note of all the stuff we have to do my dad always tells me life is hard you get you you know you fall you get back up but how boring would it be if it was easy that's fair (laughs) and uh you know if everything worked out for you wouldn't that be boring (laughs) this is what he tells me all the time and I'm like fair enough (laughs) so anyways yeah little wisdom from my dad that is good yeah, no, I think that he's totally right. It would be boring. Um, my dad's advice to me is that if I'm going to break laws, only break one at a time. <laughs> so from both of our dads. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. And with that note. <laughs> that one was from the heart right there. Um, thank you all for joining us. We will post more updates about the co-extinction film as we have them. Um, but go take care of yourself. Take a break, take a nap, do some yoga, get yourself a nice coffee, whatever it takes. Um, and thank you for joining us. As always, go check out our social media pages, go check out co-extinction social media pages, both of our websites, all of that information is on the internet. Google it go to the Instagram, go to the Facebook. Okay. Bye. Love all of you. Thank you for listening to our conversation. Yes.